You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 537 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Monday evening in the aftermath of a very interesting game between the Hawks and the Houston Rockets. The Hawks fell by a final score of 119 to 111, and uh, we will spend the entire show on that particular game in this spot. Um, and definitely a lot, a lot going into it. In fact, some injury stuff ahead of time here. There was uh, at least some concern prior to tip-off whether the uh, Hawks or Rockets would be at full strength here. The Rockets had an injury concern with James Harden, who is, of course, like arguably the leading MVP candidate in the entire league right now, alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Harden uh, was actually listed as questionable early on in the process, was upgraded to probable on Monday morning, and then was uh, eventually able to play here alongside Amon Shumpert. Both those guys were able to play on the Hawks' side. Torian Prince did not actually travel to Houston as a result of personal reasons, and uh, there was some question as to whether Kevin Herter would return in this, in this spot. He has a left ankle sprain that caused him to miss two games, but Herter played in this game, was on a minutes restriction, according to Chris Kirchner of The Athletic, who talked to Lloyd Pierce after, uh, sorry, before the game on Monday. And Herter did start, was uh, was definitely limited though, and uh, just some backdrop here to talk about um, sort of the setup of this game. Uh, as a result of the Harden weirdness, the Hawks were originally about a 10-point underdog, and by the time it was tipping off, about a 12.5-point underdog with James Harden in the lineup, and which is not a huge surprise. Obviously, Houston is better than Atlanta, and they're playing in their home building, so no big surprise there. But it was sort of a weird atmosphere in a lot of ways, because the Hawks have not played a road game in three weeks, which is a crazy amount of time. Atlanta famously went four and three on a long road trip that they had, uh, uh, I guess, prior to and during the Super Bowl. And then after that, they played seven straight games at home that were sandwiched around the All Star break. So, no road games for three weeks and uh, sort of a interesting one game trip here as well because the Hawks will be back at home on Wednesday. So a lot of odd things going into this into this contest, but the game itself was pretty entertaining and a lot of back and forth here. So as we always do on the podcast, we will go through the sort of start to finish all the blow-by-blow counts of what transpired here. And at the top, no huge surprise, but the Hawks had uh, Kent Bazemore start alongside Kevin Herter in place of Torian Prince, and they had Bazemore guard James Harden at the outset. They had Trey Young guarding Chris Paul, and then Kevin Herter was guarding um, Eric Gordon when he came in the game. But uh, honestly, they went, they, went, they went a little bit small, um, uh, smaller, the Hawks were, against the Rockets because the Rockets were pretty big. Um, normally they start Eric Gordon, but in this game they went with uh, P.J. Tucker and, Kev, and Kenneth Fareed to start. It was, it was very brief, only about three minutes, and they went sort of tra- more traditional after that, but... Uh, just, I guess the big picture is that the Hawks spent most of this game with um, the combination of Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Bembry guarding J- James Harden, which is probably a good thing, all, all, all things considered. Those are their two best perimeter defenders that play regular minutes, and they did a pretty good pretty good job on Harden, which we'll talk about later on in the podcast. Um, other than that, early on, um, I guess the highlight, the biggest highlight in the first set, you know, five minutes or so was Kent Bazemore's 11th technical foul of the season. He's now top five in the league in that category. Baze is uh, sort of a hothead on the floor, you know, for someone who is lauded for for his professionalism all the time and his uh, sort of team spirit, and all that fun stuff. Uh, Kent is definitely one to get frustrated with referees. Um, not a huge problem, but he did get, he did get his 11th technical foul in this spot. 
Aside from that, the only other, only other sort of note that I wanted to pass along was Vince Carter was playing the three again. Only a very brief timetable for, just, for Justin Anderson at, at the three in this contest. For the most part, though, the four wings that were playing were Bazemore, Herter, Bembry, and then Carter as the fourth. So just wanted to file that away. Also, the Hawks played some two-point guard lineups in this game, which we'll talk about more later. Um, but that was uh, sort of the one thing I wanted to point out was that Vince Carter played his fifth consecutive game at the three, which is uh, interesting to note, to be sure. Uh, elsewhere, an 8-0 run by the Rockets was the first big run of the game to go up by 9 points. Uh, it was snapped off, though, by Trey Young hitting a circus 3. that was sort of set the stage for the rest of the night because Trey was fantastic. As you probably know, if you're listening to this podcast by now, Trey was you know awesome throughout the night. And his first, uh, I guess, crazy contribution was a circus 3 to stop that run and started an 8-2 run of the Hawks' own in that spot. And uh, later in the first quarter, Jalen Adams had his best stretch as a professional with back-to-back 3s in about a minute and a half span to show off his best trait as an NBA player. He struggled a lot of ways in this game, which we'll talk about later, but Adam hitting two threes was definitely helpful. And in general, offensively, the Hawks, have, Hawks were pretty good in the first quarter. They had a 116 offensive rating. They had six threes in the first period. Shot the ball pretty well, but defensively, it was kind of a struggle in the first 12 minutes. The Rockets shot 62% from the floor, 6 of 11 from three, and they had a 43% offensive rebound rate, which is uh, astronomical. The Rockets had a 162 offensive rating in the first 12 minutes of this game, and Gerald Green had nine points on three shots in about four minutes of play. So not a lot of resistance for Atlanta in the first quarter, and as a result, they were, they were, they were down by a 39-28 margin. At that point, it honestly felt like the Hawks might get run out of the building to some degree, but they, they uh, you know credit to them. For battling all night long, honestly, because the Hawks could have rolled over, could have rolled over and died a few different times, and they didn't, and they didn't do that uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So, the second quarter was interesting. It was definitely one that favored the Hawks on the whole, with a 32 to 21 margin um, overall. But the, the the lineup early on in the second quarter was not one that I would have probably endorsed. Um, it, it, it actually featured Trey Young, Jalen Adams, uh, Kent Bazemore on the wing, and then uh, Mari Spellman and John Collins. And honestly, the jokes write themselves about that defensive grouping. Um, um, that's four substandard defensive players playing together, and then Bazemore trying to hold it all together. But you know, Adams and Young played two different times in the backcourt together. That's untenable defensively. It's just one of those things where I understand what they're trying to do there, trying to get some shooting on the court, and the Hawks are shorthanded on the wing, all that fun stuff. But um, if you were going to play Young and Adams, I wouldn't be doing it with Spellman and Collins in the front court. So that was one. It didn't last very long. Only out there for about two and a half minutes or so. But still, uh, that was one that I would not be trying again if I was Lloyd Pierce. Um, in fact, the Rockets had 49 points in the first 15 minutes of this contest as they scored 10 in the first three minutes of the, of the second quarter. But from there, things slowed down mercifully because the Hawks started playing a little bit better on the, on the defensive end of the floor. And the biggest run of the game, honestly, was on the way because the Hawks had a 16-3 run uh, during the second quarter to take a one-point lead, actually. They trailed for most of the uh, first half, but they, that actually pushed them into the lead briefly. And Houston didn't score for about three and a half minutes at all from the 9-14 mark to the 5-43 mark of the second quarter. Uh, Young was fantastic during this stretch as well, hit four threes in the first First quarter and a half of this contest, and then Bazemore hit a big three to cap that 16-3 run, give the Hawks the lead. Um, from there, it was some back and forth for, for, the, for the most part for the rest of the uh, half, but getting into halftime, the Hawks were in a, in a tie game, 60-60, and given where they were after the first quarter, that was a huge victory, honestly, for Atlanta. They didn't, they didn't shoot incredibly well in the second quarter, but importantly, only one turnover in the second quarter for the Hawks and four offensive rebounds, so did a good job with the possession game and then held Houston to 30% shooting and 2 of 13 from three in the second period so 
Offensively, really good first half. Only six turnovers total for the Hawks. Ten threes made and uh, a, lot, a lot of things going well. Trey Young had 18 at the half. Bazemore had 12 at the half. And uh, things were really looking up, honestly, if you were a Hawks fan after that first half, considering where things were after the first 12 minutes. The third quarter, though, was not as fun. Uh, Houston took control of the game again with a 35-25 to advantage in the third quarter. A five-point spurt um, early on uh, that prompted a timeout from Lloyd Pierce in part because they didn't get back on defense. He was pretty visibly upset about that on the bench. The Hawks did, did get it back to one at one point during the third quarter, but there was a flagrant foul from Vince Carter on Austin Rivers. It wasn't intentional. At least it didn't, it, it, at least it, it didn't appear to be. Uh, got, got him in the head. That's sort of a textbook flagrant foul as a result of that. Uh, and a couple of, uh, I guess, the three on the next possession, and then the Houston, Houston quickly led up by six by six points again. They went to Young and Adams again together late in the third quarter. That did not work at all as well. The Hawks were down three only with 255 to go in the period, but an 8-0 run after a timeout by Houston to put them up by 11, and then they uh, took a 10-point lead into the fourth quarter. I mentioned before, only one turnover in the second quarter. Uh, that was not the case in the third. The Hawks turned it over nine times in the third quarter, which is uh, just a dreadful amount, honestly. Uh, the Hawks shot the ball great in the third quarter. They shot 58, 58% from the floor and 4 of 6 from 3. You would think that would be an awesome first, uh, an awesome quarter of basketball offensively, but with the nine turnovers, they only were held to 25 points. That's going to get you beat most of the time. Uh, Young was, was good again in that period, but other than that, it wasn't too much to write home about. And in the fourth quarter, the Hawks did make their one run, honestly, and that was, again, a credit to them. A 9-0 run to get back, to get back within one. They, ne- they never actually led in the fourth quarter. Um, the Hawks, uh, sorry, the Rockets didn't score for the, first, for the first three and a half minutes of the fourth quarter, but from there, uh, Houston stabilized things with a 9-2 run of their own. Trey Young hit his eighth three of the game with about six minutes to go in the contest, which is uh, pretty crazy to say out loud. We'll, we'll, talk about more, uh, more, we'll talk more about Young later on in the podcast, but uh, no more field goals after that until the 3-0-7 mark when Bembry had, had a putback layup, and um, from there, it was all Rockets. A corner three from Eric Gordon to go up by seven, and then after the Hawks got back to five briefly, Young missed a deep three that I actually thought he was going to make. I thought he was going to go in, but from there, Harden was fouled on a three, made all three free throws, and then uh, Clint Capella with a dagger layup on the next trip to end it with about um, a minute and a half to go. They went up by 10, and that was basically academic from that point forward. So, you know, back and forth. It was a lot of back and forth in this game, I will say, Um, but Offensively for the Hawks, sort of in the aggregate here, a pretty solid game overall. The turnovers were out of control in that one quarter, but if you remove the third quarter, they only had 17 overall and 9 in the third quarter, so only 8 in the other three quarters combined. And offensively, a 114 offensive rating is very good. Um, you know, a 40, 49% clip from the floor, 45% from three. Um, you know, only 21 assists, which isn't which isn't great by any means, but it did a pretty good job in the offensive class with 10 offensive rebounds. And uh, in general, offense was not a problem in this game. Uh, there were a couple of brief stretches where it was uh, in the second and in, in second and fourth quarters, but sorry, in the third and fourth quarters, but it was a situation where, you know, the Hawks did enough to win offensively. Defensively, it's very interesting in some ways. The headliner from this game, aside from Trey Young, who we will definitely talk about more later on, um, was the fact that James Harden's streak of 30-point games came to an end. He had scored 30 points or more in 32 consecutive games, which is outrageous, obviously. Uh, Harden still had 28 in this game, but the Hawks did a decent job on him throughout the night, and that, that was sort of the headliner on the defensive end. With that said, I have to point out the fact that they that the Hawks still allowed a 122 defensive rating, and that's bad. Um, you know, it's worth saying, and I, and I will definitely leave with that here, 
a lot of that's at the free throw line. The Rockets got to the line 30 times. And they made 26 of those, and that is a huge part of this. So if you're trying to be just, just as, as an aesthetic watcher of defense, the Hawks were probably better in this game defensively than they have been in a lot of games recently. The end result was not a good one, and that's a lot, a lot of what Houston does to you. They, they play that money ball style. They, they just take threes and take free throws and take layups, and that's how you uh, get beat despite the fact that you play de- play decent defense, but you know on the whole the numbers on a per possession basis are not good for the Hawks defense. I will say they were a little bit better than that. I thought just um, as watching this game again, I thought the Hawks were better than the numbers indicate. You know they held Harden to 0 of 10 from three. Part of that is Harden driven, so I'm not sure the Hawks should get all the credit for holding him under 30 points. But he had six turnovers. He wasn't the dominant force that he normally is. Seven of, 20, seven of 21 from the free, from the field as well. The Hawks did a pretty good job on him. So credit to Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Bembry for their work on uh, on. Harden throughout the game. Still, you know, Chris Paul did a pretty good job and uh, was probably the best player for the Rockets in this game. You know, the Hall of Famer, he had it going to, to a certain extent in this contest. Also, Eric Gordon had a couple of nice moments and Joe Green in the first half, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought the Hawks did a pretty good job defensively. You know, the numbers don't tell you that in terms of on a per possession basis, but I thought in general, I was sort of making fun, about, uh, making fun of this after the game because the Hawks' numbers were not good defensively. So I was po- poking fun at the, about the fact that I saw some people talking about how great the Hawks were defensively. I wouldn't say they were great by any means, but they were better than the numbers were. And I think in terms of just overall, you could probably frame this as a step forward for the Hawks defense. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to do that necessarily, but um, given how bad this team has been this year, defensively, it was not exactly a bad defensive night for the Hawks. So, you know, in the end, they lose, they lose to a better team. That's going to be, that's going to, that's going to happen every once in a while, obviously, uh, especially on the road, but they covered, and that's usually a good indication that the team played reasonably well, and they did that in this game. Um, in a moment, we will come back to talk about the individual play in this game. I do want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Check out the Locked On Podcast on Locked On, Hawk, Locked on Hawks Podcast and the entire Locked On Podcast Network on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Tune in radio, Google Play, all those places, uh, Overcast. Every, everywhere you like to listen to podcasts, we should be there. If we're not, let me know that, but I will get that fixed. But hopefully you'll take a time, take, take the time to subscribe via your podcast platform of choice or more than one, whatever you want to do <laughs> to uh, help us out is really appreciated. And uh, we'll be back again in just one second to talk more about the uh, players in this game. All right, and we're back to talk about the individual players in this game. We'll start on the bench in uh, in this contest because the bench was not terribly effective. Um, everyone on the bench was outscored um, in terms of the plus-minus. There were some individual decent bright spots here, but overall, this is the second straight game where the bench was not ideal for Atlanta, and it cost them in certain instances. Um, we'll start at the top in terms of just minutes played. DeAndre Bember played 23 minutes. I mentioned before he played good defense. That was the highlight for him. Offensively, though, a couple of bad moments, a couple of bad turnovers, at least one bad turnover that I remember off the top of my head where he kind of just gave it away at midcourt. His ball handling has, has been a problem at a time this year, but you know, defensively, did a good job on Harden. Six, six, six rebounds, three assists, did have um, five points, two or four from the floor. Missed three throws, which is not great either for DeAndre. So it was sort of a mixed bag performance. Uh, better defense than offense, as usual for Bembry, but he wasn't terrible, I didn't think. Amari Spellman, um, not quite as good as he was on Saturday in this spot. Four points, six rebounds, two assists, did have a steal. A big dunk, which is nice uh, to point out for Spellman. It's definitely a reminder that he can get up and be uh, pretty athletic above the rim when he wants to. Still 2 of 7 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3, and just wasn't fantastic along the way here. Vince Carter was a limited um, role guy, only 13 minutes. Did make two threes, which were huge shots, and had a nice post-up fadeaway jumper over Chris Paul in the first half. But um, four fouls, um, eight points, minus five. He had uh, two rebounds as well, but def- defensively was a problem at, at certain times in this game. A lot of fouls, honestly, for the Hawks, which leads to all the free throws, but 24 fouls is a, is a lot. Um, you know, Carter was just okay. It was kind of a Vince Carter game in that way. Uh, Jalen Adams, 13 minutes. 
minutes, which is a lot for him, honestly, considering Trey Young played 41 minutes. They went to him with Young twice, as I mentioned before. That's it's kind of untenable defensively. Uh, it's not really the fault of either one of those players, but both Adams and Young are defensive liabilities, um, and Adams even more so because of his lack of size. Um, you know, Ad- Young just has more reps right now um, as as an NBA defender. So I think obviously you know what I think about Trey Young's defense, but Adams is probably worse at this moment. Um, but six points. Two assists, three rebounds for Adams. He was fine offensively. Defensively, though, he's going to get you beat a lot, especially especially playing with Young. So I will say it's not the greatest deployment in the world to put those guys in a bad spot defensively. But even, even when Young leaves the floor, Adams defensively on his own at the point is not going to be a strength. Let's just say that. Um, and then finally, Alex Lynn. Nine minutes. This is definitely not an Alex Len game, to be honest with you. They went to Spellman and uh, Spellman and Collins playing together at in, in the front court some, and with good reason. Len was kind of just quiet, three points, didn't have a rebound, and was about minus thirteen in his nine minutes. So that's kind of a good window into why he didn't play more. Not a good matchup for Alex Len in a lot of ways. And then Justin Anderson less than a minute played, so we'll skip over that. No uh, deployment for J- for Jordan Seibert, who has not played in the Hawks uniform just yet at, on a ten day contract. And then Alex Poitras did not play in this game after being recalled from Erie earlier on in the week. Um, to the starting five in this contest, Kevin Herter was really only a starter in name only, only 23 minutes here. In fact, it was supposed to be a 20-minute um, limit for Herter that he actually exceeded, but still seven points was plus six, which is uh, worth noting even if it wasn't really driven by him. Two rebounds and assist a steal for Herter, two of four from the, from the floor, one of three from three. He was pretty anonymous and kind of in a bad way. I didn't think he was uh, just terrible or anything, but just kind of just floating out there. Didn't have, didn't make a lot of uh, plays. Did have one aggressive play where he he sort of went at, at Harden in the second half off the dribble, missed the three, but good to see him make his first shot, which is nice to see from Herter. But you know, other than that, it was kind of a quiet night. We'll see how he's reintegrated after missing a couple games. But he was he was kind of passive in this spot. Um, which is understandable given that he missed some time and hadn't played an NBA game in like two weeks. So that's one of those things. Uh, elsewhere in the starting five, Kent Bazemore had a good first half, cooled off after that, had five turnovers, which is obviously too many for Bazemore. Missed a couple of bunnies in this game, a couple of pretty easy layup type of things. One in the first half, one in the second half, 13 points, four of 10 from the floor, two of six from three. So it wasn't like he was bad, and defensively he had to use a lot of energy to guard Harden, which is uh, you know certainly something to keep in mind there. But it uh, wasn't a great Bazemore game, even if it wasn't um, a bad one either, considering the defense. Uh, Dwayne Debman, 33, 33 minutes for Debman, 9.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 2 turnovers, and 5 fouls. He was plus 6. I thought he was pretty bad in the first half, and, and then it actually improved a little bit. Defensively, he had some rough moments against Capella and Fareed. Which is going to happen? It's kind of it's kind of a weird taxing spot for everyone defensively against Harden and the way they play. Just a different style than most teams play, but or at least a more um, over the top style, like more uh, I guess dedicated and consistent style. But you know, Devin wasn't great. Um, I think obviously he made. Uh, he was he he sort of made enough plays to stuff to stuff the, the statute a little bit across the board, but I didn't think it was a great Devin game by any means. But the two headliners in this game, obviously John Collins to some degree, and then Trey Young for sure. So we'll start with Collins. 20 points, 12 rebounds for John. He was very active. Good to see him be efficient. He had a couple of, I won't say struggles, but some less efficient performances recently. 7 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 1 from 3, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. So a very efficient 20-point game for John. 12 rebounds is obviously very solid as well. Defensively, um, you know, in pick and roll, he had some uh, he had some issues, as he's always uh, going to have, at least at this point in his career. But I think Collins did a pretty good job and was a pretty strong number two in this contest for the Hawks. But the headliner of the night is pretty obviously Trey Young in a lot of ways really on both sides I thought he had the best game of anybody in this game you know overall including the team that won which is a credit to what he was able to do uh, his 36 points are a career high for Trey Young uh, in fact from the floor here he was 12 of 23 
which is uh, quite efficient for a point guard, especially for, really for anyone. And then 8 of 12 from 3, that's also a career high with the 8 makes for Young. Um, 36 points also ties a rookie high in the entire league this season with Jaron Jackson, who had 36 back in November, and his 8 threes tied Landry Shamit for the most by a rookie in a game this year. So both of those were are now you know sort of season highs for the NBA in terms of rookie class, but career highs for Trey in points and made threes. He had eight assists as well. He was definitely making some plays. Probably could have had 10 or 11 assists or more. Had a couple of bunnies that were missed by the Hawks and some open threes that were missed by the Hawks as well. Um, you know, Four turnovers is just fine with, for a guy who's playing as much as he did. Also a career high in minutes for Trey Young with 41. The Hawks have been sort of wary to play him that much. It's been, I think his career high before this was like 36, 37 which is a more normal, more normal figure. You know, there's no reason to really push him, but when he has it going that much, I think if he ha- if he hadn't been so hot, 41 would not have been the number that they got to in this game, but he was obviously so good they just had to ride him offensively, give him the best chance to win. So, you know, Young did a very, 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 very good job offensively, and he was excellent. You can't really overdo it there with how well he played on that end of the floor. Had it going. Obviously, the, the, the basket was very big for him as a shooter. You can't really expect him to shoot ten of uh, sorry, 8 of 12 from the, from the three-point line all that often. With that said, though, this has been a continuation of his improved shooting uh, now for a while. You know, I actually posted some stats on Twitter before this game, I guess earlier in the day, and Young's shooting is coming along. It's not really just the shooting, but his numbers, I think it's over like the last 35 games or so, are uh, quite a bit better than they were before that. Um, you know, he had the, he had the very nice October where he averaged like 19 and seven with pro, with some pretty solid efficiency. Then he had the really really rough November. In fact, a 16 game stretch where he where he shot 35 percent from the floor and 20 percent from three uh, with some ugly numbers across the board. But since then, we're now about 35 games in now with about a 37 38 percent three point clip and about 19 points and nine assists per game. That is very very good. Obviously, um, you know, defensively, I don't want to spend too much time on that because it's kind of something we talk about quite a bit here. It's a problem. It's a problem for Young. It's not going to go away, but we'll sort of skip over that for tonight and talk about how awesome he was offensively because we, it kind of just goes without saying as defense, but offensively, he outdueled James Harden, which is kind of crazy to say out loud, but he did it, and he played very well, almost carried the Hawks to a competitive performance here and, and, and a win, almost stole a win. There was a, The game was at least in doubt in the final minutes, and it definitely would not have been if not for Trey Young's heroics, so shots to him on that, and he played very, very well. So, um, you know, again, all, all told, a, it's an eight-point loss. It's a uh, it's a cover for the Hawks, which probably is a good thing in terms of the way that they actually played in this game. They made 17 threes and still lost. That's not great, considering the fact that they also made 20 on Friday and lost to the Pistons. So, when you make that when you make the shots like that, if you're the Hawks, you want to win because you're not always going to make shots that way. But the defense kind of let them down in both spots. That's going to happen. But you know, that's kind of where we are right now. The Hawks come the Hawks come back home and play two games this week: one on Wednesday against the Wolves, one on Friday against the Bulls in the first half of a Bulls back-to-back on Friday and Sunday with travel, and that's kind of a weird set there, but. The Hawks are in good shape. Overall, you know, they played well in this game, even though, they, even though they lost it. So that's probably, I guess you can probably leave a positive taste in your mouth after this game, despite the eight-point loss. So programming note, I know I said this on yesterday's podcast, but I'm going to be traveling this week. So you're going to be a little bit um, in chaos with, in terms of my schedule. I am going to attempt to do one more podcast this week. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but um, at the very at the very least, we'll have, an, I'll have, have a new pod um, for when I return from a trip. I'm, it's an international trip, so I'm not really sure what I'm getting into in terms of the actual you know Wi-Fi and connections and being able to post the podcast, all that fun stuff. So be patient. I apologize. This happens probably once a year or less for me being out and missing games in terms of just being actually out of the grid. But this is a day job thing, so I can't really avoid it. Last year, I missed a couple of uh, things like that to 
too with uh, with some international travel as well. So once a year or so, hopefully. But uh, I will do my best to pass along content. In the meantime, if you if you like the written content at PeachtreeHoops.com, we'll have plenty of Hawks coverage. And uh, if not if nothing else, I will come back and wrap up a lot of stuff when I get back. So stay tuned to my Twitter feed at BT Rolling as well as at Locked On Hawks on Twitter for uh, for updates and announcements on podcast scheduling. But we will be back in the very very near future. Please stay tuned. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends, and we'll see you guys later on.